All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Kyle and Sarah, and I am your host. Man, I have gotten, I've been lucky to get a lot of great guests on, but that like ramps up my anxiety for prepping these shows. So I've been behind a little bit on getting these episodes out. So I apologize. Um, I've been working with uh, somebody who's kind of been helping me clean up the audio and do some of the stuff to sound a little bit more professional. So. I don't know. Hopefully it works. Hopefully it sounds great and you guys love it. But anyway, um, I think I need an intern. I need like a podcast intern. So if you're out there and you want to help me, it's a lot to put these things together. You know, the interview is one part, but like all those other pieces, you guys don't want to hear about it. But uh, it's great. I love getting to talk to everybody each week, different parts of the business. And I don't know. Hopefully you guys are, are learning some stuff along the way. It certainly has not been easy for restaurants as we spoke about a bunch of times, but we're getting through, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think we're getting through. I'm starting to feel like things are getting a little bit back to normal here in New York anyway. I know it's not the case everywhere else in the country, so um, you guys be safe. And you know, I've said it before. i said it a thousand times. You guys can always reach out to me, uh, text, DM um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, my text number 914-996-4569, always available on that number. So, uh, if you are in part of the country and experiencing some of these things that we've already dealt with in New York, uh, check out a bunch of the other shows, check out my YouTube. There's a lot of stuff there about how to handle, you know, the intricacies of, of things that, you know, were not normal. So, um, you know, we weren't used to all the sanitation and the masks and the gloves and the checking the temperatures and you guys know. But look, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. You know, as you guys know, I, I work in commercial real estate and I can tell you that the interest was at a flat line for March, April, May, a lot of June and July started to pick back up. And now it is, you know, there are operators out there who are being opportunistic, right? They see this as an opportunity to uh, add on other brands, to acquire properties, you know, uh, maybe cut some dead weight on some locations that are underperforming. But a lot of them are in growth mode. And to be honest with you, a lot of the restaurants and even retailers that I've seen close, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not that surprised, right? Like I'm worried about the mom and pops and stuff. And I know a lot, of, a lot of you guys have had to make that tough decision or know somebody who's made that decision. But, um, you know, a lot of times from that, something better comes. So I'm rambling. It's okay. <laughs> My point is, look, it, we're all figuring it out, right? And it's not easy. So hopefully the goal of this podcast is to share information with you guys as I learn it, with people who I meet. I'm immediately taking those people and saying, hey, you just told me something really cool. Do you want to do a podcast? And I think I've had one person say no. They didn't say no, they didn't get back to me. And it's amazing how many people have been like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to get on the podcast. So, you know, this industry, despite all the issues that it's been going through, to say the least, has been so giving with information and insight. Um, it's really been great. So... Um, go back and check out some of the older episodes. Um, there's a lot to take in there. And like I said, always reach out to me if you have any, anything you just want to talk about. Because I know, man, if, it's, if you're a one-off restaurant operator, or if you're like 
the CMO or the director of real estate for a national restaurant chain, it could be a lonely existence, right? So that's what we're here for. You can always reach out. You can reach out to me and we can talk about it. And who knows, maybe I'll have you on the podcast. That's probably a cool idea too. But uh, like I was saying, let's get into the show. I meet all these people. Like I said, I asked them to be on the podcast, but this dude, Scott Landers, uh, was actually introduced to me by Elizabeth Tilton from Oyster Sunday. She was on an older episode, kind of just in the midst when COVID was getting um, really gnarly. Oyster Sunday is like a hospitality consulting firm. I'm totally underselling them. They are sharp as tax. Check out their website, oystersunday.com. Tons of like downloadable Excel sheets on how what to do and how to handle things and free resources. It's insane. But uh, we were talking about food delivery and the fees that we pay to the Grubhub, the Uber Eats, the DoorDashes of the world. And she's like, you got to talk to Skylanders at Figure Eight. So based on my conversations with her, I had talked to Elizabeth maybe two times before that. Um, and I knew enough to know that she knew what she was talking about. So I immediately reached out to Scott. He got back to me in a second, which I've come to realize is one of his many strong points. Um, so what Scott is, beyond the fact that the dude went to MIT, MIT, okay, <laughs> we got a food guy who went to MIT, I was like, okay, he can probably figure this out. Scott, he spent time, I mean, he's done a lot of different things, but he was uh, at Dig In and part of their, their uh, offsite program. He's a director of their offsite. So basically they're catering and food delivery stuff. And he had said that, you know, we were spending so much time creating these great products, talking to farmers, and then we were just dropping the ball at the food delivery. It made no sense to have all that effort and all that time going to making the food just to have somebody slap it in a container and put it in the car and roll around the streets and then just drop it off at somebody's house. So he fine-tuned that process. I don't know if you've been to digging, but that they are absolutely um, definitely the leaders in my mind for pickup and takeout in terms of the offerings and the containers and, and really the experiences, which, <clears throat> excuse me, which is what we really get into. So that delivery experience now since COVID is going to be more and more important. And what Scott does at Figure Eight is he kind of gets in into your restaurant. And I, when I'm telling you this, I should have told you this before. I'm working with him at the Taqueria. My partners and I have hired Figure Eight to go through this process. So I'm speaking from experience. And they look at everything that you do, your Grubhub and your POS and how your Uber Eats and how it all integrates, your website, your social media, your in-store marketing. And he helps you get rid of those guys. He helps you get rid of those guys and stop paying those fees so that you can now control your own experience. And there's a lot of different options that, that he'll get into. You can hit him up. He'll, he'll talk you all through it. But you then now are going to go native. You're going to ditch these guys. And we're in the process now of going native, which means providing our own delivery, controlling our own marketing around it, and really just controlling the product better, right? That's the idea. So food delivery is going to be in for a huge boom technology around it is going to be in for a huge boom so they help you with all that and he has been he and his team um 
Julian, Scott, Brian, KJ, they've all been <clears throat> absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, we haven't launched yet, but just the thought process and putting yourself through that thought process and what it's like to really control your own voice and, the, and your own delivery experience is really great and something that you guys should, um, you know, restaurant operators got to consider. I mean, those fees that we're paying are outrageous. And I don't know about you, but I have no interest in, in paying those fees anymore. And we have no interest in not controlling our own, our own brand, right? So we get into this episode a little bit about figure eight, but I'm going to tell you your best bet is reach out to him, set up a call, and um, he'll give you all the details. Um, so without much further ado, thank you for listening to me ramble, but I'm super excited about having Scott on. Uh, he's a great guest and check out the show. Enjoy guys. Take care. All right, Scott, thanks for, uh, taking the time today. And I think I should probably come clean and say we are working together. Um, but yes. I wanted to have you on the show to really explain, um, you know, why this is so important. So why don't you introduce yourself and your company? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, well, my name is Scott Landers and I'm the co-founder and systems engineer at figure eight logistics. We're a food delivery consulting firm. Uh, we work with restaurants, mostly small and independent restaurants with anywhere from you know, zero to 10 locations. And we help them uh, build their food delivery business. Okay. And I mean, this was something that obviously existed. You guys were in existence pre-COVID, but I got to imagine business has Correct. been uh, pretty active since. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so we've been operating as a consulting food delivery consulting firm for a little over a year now we really got started back in um, March 2019 uh, figure eight logistics was formally incorporated sometime around August September of last year um, and we've been working this whole time as food delivery consultants working with restaurants um, in New York and um, other cities across the country yeah. to um, either build out their native delivery business or, um, you know, help them streamline their existing third party. But all of that, as you can imagine, has accelerated yeah. post-COVID. <laughs> yeah, witnessed it. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, obviously, when you create a business, you're looking to solve some sort of problem. And I don't want to assume anything that anybody really understands, that everybody understands uh, what, what you're trying to solve here. What did you guys see as an issue in the restaurant industry that you felt you could step in and, and you know, provide assistance or, or solve? Yeah, we really just saw how difficult it was to build a delivery business. So my background before figure eight was I was the director of offsite at dig in here in New York city um, and ran uh, delivering catering operations for 20 plus locations in three markets. Um, in doing so, I was for, you know, let's build the future of delivery. You know, they were very forward looking and we wanted to look into all this. And as I learned more, I realized two things. One, it is too difficult to, to build delivery. Uh, and two, there are no resources available to help restaurants do this. Yeah. You know, delivery is still so new. And to this day, it kind of remains true that um, 
you know, if I want to get advice on my food costs or how to labor or how to hire, um, there, are there are resources available for that. Yeah. Um, but if I wanted to ask, you know, what is the best logistics provider or packaging for yeah. a taco, <laughs> it's like, you know, good luck. Yeah, you know, right. That was the answer. So, so figure eight was kind of born out of this idea of, you know, I had a background in consulting. I had was lucky enough to see all of this up close and personal and work through it as an operator um, and felt that I could leverage that into a process and be much more accessible, uh, eventually, you know, publish freely, you know, this knowledge and tools that we make yeah. um, to help independent uh, restaurant operators everywhere. So did Digin have a, were they doing third-party delivery before you got involved or where, where did that process start for you? Yeah. So, so I, so by the way, I knew nothing about food delivery uh, prior to 2017. <laughs> okay. You just knew I, how to get it. You got to get it for yourself, right? Yeah. I, I like, I'd ordered Domino's, you know, <laughs> and from the local Thai place, but right. I didn't have any particular opinions about this. You know, I joined Diggin thinking I was going to be on the other side of food delivery on the supply chain, working with farmers. Right. Uh, Cause that's a big thing that, that Dig does. But um I, you know, I was in a rotational program and, and didn't need to work there. And so when I landed in the offsite team or the catering team, as it was then called, um, they were just starting to really, you know, take a, take a real look at, at all this and say, hey, you know, we know that the world's moving in this direction. How do we clean up our operation and get ahead of it and really make an investment here for the future? Um, and so when I started and took over, they, they had a pretty robust third-party delivery program, you know, pretty standard. Mm -hmm. um, they had a small native delivery program and a small, but really growing kind of catering program, you know? And so we were able to take that and, and, a, and a, a team, you know, I was able to like work with a team and, and the resources that Dig had to say, well, what would this look like if we just designed it from the ground up, you know, yeah. to kind of throw out, throw yeah. out all the assumptions and, and everything you think, you know, about food delivery and catering and just say, what is the best way with the kitchens we have or with the kind of food that we want to cook to deliver an amazing delivery experience. Yeah. So we realized, and this was around the time, if you were in New York, that um, maple was yeah, yeah. Uh, very popular and, and very like kind of an early adopter of, of native delivery and, and really thinking through almost pushing the de delivery experience. Yeah. And, you know, as a restaurant, we're si sitting there saying, okay, that's the future. How do we, um, you know, get on that, on that yeah. bus. Yeah. Really, really, really to serious about this. Did they, I mean, they kind of faded. They, they came ended on the up scene quick acquired. Yeah. Uh, they were around on the scene for maybe two, three years, 2015 to 2017 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they ultimately ended up getting acquired by Deliveroo. Okay. Got it. Um, so you, you guys were, I mean, that's interesting to know. I mean, I love digging and I like that they were thinking about this. I mean, prior to, so where did, what was the, I mean, obviously the cost is, is a concern, but were there other concerns that are, or other issues you were trying to solve beyond that um, for, for DIG themselves? Yeah. I mean, I think we were, we were trying to solve them all. I mean, all like right. most restaurants, you know, you, there, there's not just one issue. There's a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm it's a question of which, which, which one. Yeah. Um, but I think there were a few in particular. So one, I think first and foremost, we really just wanted to optimize for quality. Right. You know, it's like we, we start, they started the farm and they put all this work into sourcing and supplying and cooking and training the chefs. 
and plating and presentation all to like lose it over the last mile. I call it tripping over the finish line. Yeah. Right. So, so the first thing was just saying, look, if we're going to put in all this effort to get this far, let's make sure that we deliver an amazing experience. Yeah. Right. You would look at our, our the, the Yelp reviews and it's like four and a half, five stars across the board for Diane and like two stars for delivery. Hmm. Yeah. So you could see very clearly, like, like Yelp is like, oh, you got a four star average. You're like, that's great. But when you look at it, yeah. it's like, you actually have a four and a half star average or 4.7. Yeah. But delivery is dragging you down. And, and we were like, that's not acceptable. Right. So we got to make a five star delivery experience. And how do yeah. we, how do we do that? You know, and we took on that challenge and that meant first going native. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, we're never going to get the experience we want listing on a third party and delivering on a third party. It's just, you don't have control. You know, they're, right. they're great for marketing and they're great for, you know, when you don't have a tech team, but we're like, look, we want to take it to the next level. That means we got to go native. Yeah. And um, that's, I mean, that's interesting because I remember when I, when I was, uh, I had started a concept about 10 years ago and maybe 12 years ago now. And it was like, you know what, we're not delivering. We don't want to risk that experience that we, it was a pizza, a pizza pasta kind of spot. And, um, it was like, it's not the same product. And so we actually had delivery guys. We tried it, didn't work out. And then all these guys came on the scene. So now I kind of feel like we're going almost backwards to like, okay, yeah, now we have to do delivery. It's the same issue, bad, you know, it's, we, we don't control the quality once it leaves the door. And, you know, have you had, I mean, other than dig in, I, I know personally, cause we're talking about this now for, for Lala Zakaria, but that's still a concern, right? Like you know, when it leaves the door, how that's all handled. I mean, how do you, see that being mitigated or fixed going forward? Yeah, well, first step is going native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know, for sure. Right? You know, it's yeah. like, you know, half of it is like you just have to, I mean, I'm an engineer, right? So, of course, that's where I start. It's like you got to build the pipes before you can, you know, yeah. paint them. <laughs> so, the first step is is getting your restaurant and team and product and everything, your tech stack, your logistics tuned up to a point where you have control of the experience. You know, the reason you can deliver a great experience in your restaurant, because there's nothing that you can't control. Right. You know, that's the point. If there's an issue, you fix it on the spot. Maybe it's delivery. You can get closer by building the tools um, that allow you to, to better control the experience. So, there's four parts of any delivery experience. There's a marketplace where somebody buys the food. There's a restaurant or a kitchen where the food is made. There's a logistics partner or component where somebody has to deliver the food. And then there's feedback, which is how the guest tells you you did a good job or complains or, you know, like, like that, that's, that feedback step is a little bit new because because we take it for granted in the restaurant where you have a manager, you're looking around like if they have an issue, they complain. Like it's just, you don't even realize they're getting, giving you feedback because you're just constantly getting feedback with delivery. That loop is broken open and like you, you don't have that connection to say like, well, how was it? You know, you can't have the chef walk out and be like, well, how was your delivery experience? Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to think about other ways of how do you find out? How do you know that you're delivering a good experience and not just find out when they never order again? You need to find out well in advance of that. Um, but once you build a native stack that addresses all of those, then you can begin to work at it. You can say, great, we have an issue with um, our delivery drivers are constantly late. Let's work on that, right? Yeah. Let's, let's start 
you know, I have control of my white, whether it's my own drivers or white label fleet, I can start to curate and, and really make sure I'm only getting high quality drivers that reflect our brand. That's um, the major part. Yeah. You know, and, and, and our level of service. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and you, and you begin to kind of work at it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's frankly kind of what was one of our main concerns because I mean, it's just turned into like this mishmash. I don't know what the hiring policy is over at Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever, but I mean, I really think there should be an Instagram account. I thought this would be great of pictures of these drivers. And you're like, this is not this. I mean, it'd be a great idea for you guys. Um, but um, the it's just horrible, Brand. I mean, they're showing up in their pajamas. They got the whole family's in the car delivering the meal with them. It's just, you know, to get that control back as a restaurant is, um, I think, where we're all headed. And I think that, you know, I just want to give a little plug here. It's It's been eye-opening to go through this this figure eight experience to see, because, you know, yes, we can eliminate that and, and we can still make good food and that's one part of it. But the other part is, you know, now we're in the customer acquisition game, right? And, and the marketing and the look of the website and our social media and our packaging are all super important because as we kind of go through this, this of, you know, this where people are going to be ordering more takeout or delivery, um, you still want to be able to provide that experience. And I think you guys have really opened my eyes to how important that really is. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we always look to do two things. You know, one is to express the brand values of the restaurant in the delivery experience. Right. You know, so if you're about fun, let's make it a fun delivery experience. Yeah, right. If you're a more serious brand and very minimal, then let's make it a minimal, very kind of, serious delivery experience yeah, right, right. Uh, and you can kind of push and pull and tweak all these things with the way you shoot the photographs the type of packaging you use the way you price the menu all of this can be recreated and kind of built into the delivery experience um, hardwired if you will yeah the the other side of it is, is just level of service mm -hmm. you know are you um you know kind of like a one person taco shop and it's like it's five dollar tacos and like you get what you get but like it's good and it's quality and like you know there's no feedback box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. fine. And like, let's, let's recreate that again in delivery and let's just kind of make it clear. Yeah. Um, but, but whatever it is, is you want to really kind of bring those two together. You know, it shouldn't be, we do this thing for delivery and we do this thing for dine right. in, you know, they should be held to the same level of, of standard, yep. same level of, of, of experience. And then to your point, once you have all that, now it's a competitive market competitive market the landscape has shifted you're not competing yeah. for foot traffic right you're not competing for um having the most attractive storefront with the great lighting and the paint on the walls and the yeah. flowers and the music you're competing for how do i have a viral tiktok ad that makes everybody yeah you know in westchester want to order a taco on tuesday night right yeah i mean that's that's i mean i mean that's, 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 that's your style, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's not for everybody. I'm not saying everybody should get on TikTok, but I think you've <laughs> got to understand podcast. that the, <laughs> different podcasts, right? Um, that the <laughs> the competitive landscape has shifted, and 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 what you're looking to do, both in terms of customer acquisition mm -hmm. and the level of service they're going to start expecting, mm -hmm. as well as customer retention and making sure that once you've acquired that guest, which is the hardest thing to do, that yeah. you keep back. You know, whether it's through loyalty or through a, a diner program or, yep. you know, their birthday. I mean, you, you really, it's like customers are so hard to come by, especially, mm -hmm. you know, in a recessionary environment. Right. That you really want to make sure you're giving them an amazing experience and a reason to come back and a reason to tell their friends. You know, it's like, you know what? 
life is hard and I've had a terrible week, but we ordered this amazing experience from yep. the restaurant and the family, you know, had, had a, two hours to just kind of be normal for a little bit yeah. before we went back into the world. And you can deliver that and you can still like, that's what hospitality is. It's, yes, exactly. We've associated right. hospitality yep. with people and it's still people, but it's not direct anymore. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, that's, you know, what I, what I was saying the other day and, and it's, people are not rushing out to go back to eat now um, in the restaurants or even out there, any, any, anything they can get um, because they're hungry. They're rushing out for the experience. They're rushing out because their friends are there or they miss the vibe of being in, in whatever in, in, you know, in a, in a social setting instead of their house. Um, but if you can, you know, bring that to their house and have them recreate it on some level, I think it's great. And, and just to provide some color, like, for us, for the Taqueria, we are, we are pink and we're black and we're loud and, and we might be on TikTok soon and we're, we're heavy on social media, but we're talking about, we talked about yesterday, those Ikea type cartoon cards of like when we drop something off, like here's how you set up a taco bar in a very sort of like la la Taqueria type way. And I've heard some restaurants like sending home candles and candlestick holders, like for their like more like traditional sit down restaurants say, hey, sorry, you can't be here, but here's like the candle that we use on the table or whatever the case may be. I think recreating that experience is so key. So key. Other than just getting, and that's where I, I felt what, what I had to reach out to you is I'm like, wait, we have this great experience and we're dropping tacos off in tin containers. Something is off here. So that, that was, that was a big eye opener. And, and I got to tell you guys, uh, any restaurant owners who are listening anywhere in the country, it's that providing that experience what Scott has opened up and his team has opened up our eyes to is that's really, really vital to, to, that customer retention and customer acquisition process that you're going to be now in. Absolutely. So do you see this being, I mean, I just said anywhere in the country, but do you see this being, and when we even were in the suburbs, but I consider us in the Metro area, is this going to be something that even the smaller town restaurants, the smaller market should tackle, or should they continue to like, is this for everybody you think? I think that there is something for everyone to learn mm -hmm. when it comes to food delivery. Yeah. You know, I think, and, and this is speaking as someone who grew up in out, sorry, I grew up outside of a town of 2000 people. You know, there's more cows than people where I grew up. And so we can talk about you that. You can even get food delivery, well. right? You got to go pick it no, up. No, no, you, you got to drive 15 miles, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Um, so I think in, in there, I mean, like, like, third-party delivery hasn't even made it out there yet yeah right like that's yeah. like but that does, that's not to say that there's not something for them to learn so i'm thinking of like the restaurant in downtown cooper texas you can look it up cooper texas okay not not less a, than two thousand people yeah got it, got um it. <laughs> but and they're they're like a local taqueria kind of you know they have great great food and um you, know, you call in to place an order or you show up mm-hmm it would, I think the, the community, you know, everybody now has a smartphone. Mm -hmm. Online ordering has caught up to such a point that, you know, at least for anybody with an iPhone, right? With Apple sign-in and Apple yeah. Pay, you can pretty much create an out-of-the-box, like one-click e-commerce experience. Yeah. So even that local, local taqueria, if they had the right technology and access to the right information, 
Of course, yeah. For probably as little as, you know, a couple hundred bucks or maybe even no money down if you get the right setup and a really lightweight technology, they should be able to start accepting pickup orders um, placed over the web through like a mobile browser or even over a text, like text us, place your order and like Venmo us or pay through, like, like literally like I've seen Venmo blow up in the last two weeks with all the local bars and reopening as a contactless form of payment. So the contactless payment is real. I think that's everywhere. I think e-commerce is real. And now that every smartphone saturation, I think like 98% of people in America have a smartphone or maybe it's not that high, but it's very saturated. (laughs) Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, e-commerce is, is, is universal. So it's easy. The technology costs have come down. So they're very accessible. There's no barrier to entry there. And I think people are ready, you know, people are ready to make that adoption. It doesn't mean it's for everybody. I'm not saying they should like yeah. invest a lot of money in this. Like, yes, you're still going to take a $5 cash taco of course, yeah. but you can save a lot of time and process in, in, in adopting really smart technology, really simple technology in a way that if done correctly should dramatically increase your top line sales Yeah, because it's almost like the process of going into a restaurant placing an order, giving your credit card, taking uh, it back, waiting five minutes. It's like, nobody wants to do that. No. Unless, unless there's an experience. Yeah, and, no. and if you, and if you've got like a great experience then own it, but most places don't, most places are like, you know, we've got a very simple kind of front of house operation. We've got great food. We've got a brand and we care. We just want to like yeah. cook and, yeah. you know, exactly. serve the community. I don't want to be swiping credit cards and dealing with a POS. It's like, no. just, I want to get an order, make a great taco smile when I give it to somebody. Yeah. Thank you. Come again. You know, yeah. and like, like ha- come back sometime. Let us know how you, how you think. That's it. It's simple. It's really simple. And so that can be modernized very easily right now. And I think every, con- every restaurant in the world, frankly, can learn from a, like, not learn, but just adopt a few very simple. Yeah. You know, I, I think in a lot of ways, this whole COVID thing put a mirror up against the restaurant industry and force them to look at themselves and find where your inefficiencies were and kind of trim the fat and really, you know, you know the guys who are going to say, no, but we have to do things this way. This is the way we do it. Well, those guys are in trouble, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, I think from the, the frictionless or, or eliminating as much friction in that payment process and the ordering process is just the way that it's headed. I mean, I was just was on a call with Brian on the way here. We were talking to the guys from Toast about some of the stuff that, that we were, were, that we're talking about doing. And it came up, another local restaurant here is doing basically that. It's you sit down, somebody comes to the table and says, hey, um, our menu is here, scan it or just go to our Instagram, uh, order what you want and I'll bring it out. Everything's paid for, the four of us, we sat there, we paid for it, we ate. And then we just looked at each other, we're like, I guess we can leave. You know, we pay. It feels weird. How so weird it is. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're like, and now I just get up. Yeah, backwards from the table. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. It's yeah. the future. It's here. It's just not everywhere. But right. that it's 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 very very close. And it's very easily accessible. And so that's what the goal, kind of more more than just helping restaurants build out the experience and go through what we're doing, but more broadly, a figure eight is to increase access to knowledge around food delivery. Yeah, and make it to where here's the three-step process to build out a very simple native delivery experience in 
24 hours. Yeah. And you can start taking orders. Like you could like a restaurant could start taking orders via text and Venmo for a three item menu tomorrow. <laughs> so it's I'm not even kidding. Fine, yeah. Like it, like it sounds too simple, but it's like, yeah. go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go whatever channel you have, put up flyers around town yeah. and say, we have three items and they're amazing for delivery. You got a, a fish or maybe not, sorry, not fish yeah. delivery. That's, that's, that's expert level. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like a bra like a braised beef, you yeah. know, something that's like travels really well, maybe like a chicken. Um, and then you've got like a vegetarian or, or vegan item. That's just, you know, even rice and beans and some yeah, right. veggies. I mean, there's so much you can do with that. And you say, do you want the number one, the number two, or the number three? And they're all like, it's like 10 bucks, 11 bucks, 12 bucks. Right. Venmo us at my restaurant. You know, it'll be ready for pickup in 15 minutes. Yeah. That's it. That, that's, that's it. Like, that, yeah. That's it. Any restaurant could do that tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like in March, you know, in February, you would have said that to me. I'm like, wow, that sounds like the future. I didn't know it was going to be three months from now. Cause I know there are, are, are companies that do like, um, Hey, do you like, um, you know, these, a liquor company or a wine company are now going direct to consumer. And they're saying like, Hey, sign up for this program. We're going to let you know, Hey, you like Sauvignon Blanc. We have a deal on these Sauvignon Blancs and you have already entered in your credit card information, your bill, your shipping address and everything. And you say, One oh, tap, wow. boom, yeah. box of boom. wine. Yeah, exactly. Case of wine. And three. So like, you know, I, I think, and I, I can tell you to look on people's faces. So we use toast now we use the handhelds. And people give, you know, that universal sign. Oh, you know, we'll take, we'll take the check. And you're just like, yeah, sure. It's 5617. And they're like, wow. Okay. And you know, some of them are kind of like, let me see that. Like they're that, what's that newfangled machine you have there? But then you just show them like, yeah, this is where you have the two margaritas and everything. And they're like, wow, like that, that was easy. You know, it's just amazing the how part, quickly people adapt. No paper. No paper. Well, I was going to say that, like how antiquated now does it seem? Print the receipt bring it to the table, get it back. At the end of the night, somebody's going to go through those stupid receipts, count them, they're off. Somebody feels like they're getting screwed on the tips. Yeah, that seems like 30 years ago. It was three months ago for most restaurants. So unreal. It is unreal. And I think it really speaks to the point about how quickly things can change and um, being able to adjust and adapt are, are really huge assets and for, for an industry that's not really known for being able to do that. Um, you know, I, I think it's... it's um, key as we move forward here yeah it really brings into focus what's important yeah exactly well look i want to i want to end this by by you know letting you know that we're have been very happy with with where we're going and and i i think i said today um to someone that there's no way we would have been even thinking about any of this stuff um prior to our involvement with you guys so if you guys are um if you're a restaurant and you're considering you know if any of this stuff that we spoke about today kind of resonated with you, uh, Scott, why don't you let them know where they can get a hold of you and, um, and start that process? Yeah. So I think the best way to um, learn about more of what we do is to go to our website, which is figure eight dot delivery. That's the number eight. Uh, or they can send an email to hello at figure eight dot delivery. Again, the number eight. See how easy that was? That, that's a perfect example of, of, of their line of thinking. Everything is very easy. Kind of put it right in front of you. So Scott, I want to thank you um, for taking the time. I know you're probably backed up here on calls. So um, thank you again, providing that insight. Uh, you guys really listen to this a couple of times and really think about, you know, your business. And, and if you have any way to kind of make yourself more efficient and then in, reach out to Scott and have them help you out. We're here.
Yeah, man. All right. Thanks, buddy. And stay safe. All right. Great talking with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Told you. Scott is an absolute genius when it comes to this stuff. And the process that figure eight brings to, to your organization, it's like zen-like. And you're going to feel like you're going through this transformative process. And, you know, like anything else, you get out of it what you put into it. So just remember that. But great group of people. You can reach them at um, his Instagram tag is in the headline of the, or the title, headline, whatever it is, headline title of the show. And the website is figure eight, the number eight, dot delivery. So go there, reach out to them, and and set it up if you're not interested in paying these ridiculously uh, high charges for third-party delivery. Um, That's it. Guys, you can always reach out to me, 914-996-4569, 914-996-4569. Shoot me a text, uh, happy to talk to anybody about any issue you may be having uh, in the restaurant business, uh, any way that I can help. Uh, I love to do it. It's my real passion. So um, do not hesitate to text me at any time. And, and when you do text me, I'll keep you up to date with what's going on with the show. And if I become annoying, then you just, hey, Kyle, stop texting me. I get it. But hopefully you don't do that. But that's it. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to be a guest, hit me up, text me, and yeah, that intern thing. If anybody knows somebody wants to be a podcast intern, I'm hiring. All right? So, all right, guys. Thank you again so much for checking it out, and be safe.